What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. We've got another episode of our positional rankings here coming at you for the 2023 NFL Draft, our second to last one. Uh, we're going to run these through, through through free agency next week, so we're going to double dip this week. We've got four positions left, so we'll double dip the next two weeks uh, in each episode. Uh, I'm going to go with linebackers and safeties in this episode, round out the defense here, and then obviously that leaves quarterback and interior offensive linemen for next week. Um, we're going to kick it off with linebackers here today. Then we'll switch to safeties. I'm going to try and, you know, be a little shorter on each of these uh, positions groups today. Um, I think we're going to cover one guy outside of our top five for each of us. Um, I know we watched a couple different groups. I know both of these classes aren't necessarily considered strong, uh, which is kind of why we wanted to lump them together as well, just since it's not a crazy, uh, you know, polarizing, not a super, you know, strong class. But we felt like it would be a good group to kind of lump together since not a lot to say on a couple guys. But um, we'll kick it off with linebackers, and I'll let Brett kick it off with the, the guy he wants to talk about that's outside of a top five, outside of his top five, and then we'll get it rolling here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, looking forward to get our first episode in as we're talking about two positions in one episode, like you said, double dipping these last two rounds to squeeze everyone in before free agency and before uh, we begin our mock draft Mondays. Uh, but yeah, the first guy that I'm going to talk about that did not crack the top five for me is Mohamed Diabate, uh, the 6'4", 229-pound middle linebacker from the Utah Utes. Uh, honestly, overall, pretty solid um, senior. He's out of Auburn, Alabama. I don't think – I think he was fairly highly rated going into uh, Utah. I think he was a four-star recruit. Overall, um, 2019 and 2020 – he played for the Florida Gators and in 2020 or excuse me, three years, 2019, 2020 and 2021, he played for the Florida Gators. In 2022, he transfer, transferred to Utah. Um, in terms of his strength, he was really quick. I noticed he had more versatility off the edge than some other inner, uh, off ball linebackers in this class. And he did have uh, he was able to turn the corner fairly well. Um, He's pretty fast and he flowed. I feel like pretty quick to the ball, um, got through blocks fairly well, being a bigger guy uh, when he was off ball. Uh, one of the fast guys, he had a really, really good combine this past week and all of his exact numbers. Um, he can move laterally pretty well and is a pretty good chaser. Um, I mean, that's really it for him. I didn't get to a whole lot. I like him a lot. He could be a steal on day three. Um, you might see him sneak into the third round, but I don't think so just with the amount of linebackers kind of at his skill level. But overall, I liked him. It just wasn't quite enough to make the cut. Yeah, no, definitely. I, a guy I didn't get to, but I've heard a lot about Diabate. Um, we had a really good combine, like you said. But um, my guy here is Owen Papo. Um, maybe he had the best combine or second best combine at all. The linebackers obviously ran, I believe it was a 4-3-9. Um, just ridiculous numbers from Papo at the combine. He, um, His nickname is The Freak because the dude is just a freak athlete. Um you know, so the thing with him is a lot of injuries he dealt with at um at Auburn kind of flashed onto the scene as a freshman, um, really popped off early there, had a great you know start to his career, dealt with a bunch of injuries there and ended up being there for four years. You know, there was people on campus at Auburn that thought he'd be a first round pick as, you know, declaredly as a junior and be a first round pick. Um, obviously, it didn't pan out for him, but six feet tall, 225 pounds, senior from Auburn, um, really good athlete. I think the NFL likes these kind of guys. They you know, I think it's a lost art is, um, you know, just guys who are just play instinctually. And I think that you see a lot of the guys who are the best linebackers in football play instinctually. And, um, you know, the NFL is kind of switching towards this hybrid, you know, type of linebacker where they, they prefer the athlete rather than, um, 
guys who just play with the great instincts. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if Papo has bad instincts. It's just not a lot of sample size at Auburn. Um, but again, the athletic upside is, is ridiculous. I mean, four, three, nine, 40, 30, 35 and a half vert, 10, six broad, 29 reps on the bench is crazy. And a one, five, two, 10 yard split is, is also wild. So, um, he had the second best athleticism score per the NFL, you know, next gen stats breakdown. Um, you know, I'd probably agree that he probably had the best of the second best combine. I know we'll talk about the guy who may have had the best in this. He might be both of our, he's probably my linebacker. I don't know about you, but he probably is for you as well. Um, but again, both, both guys, um, that we both kind of talked about here was great combines, but, um, you guys that may not fit in the NFL, uh, right away, um, in, uh, Diabate and then on Papo for me, but I'll let you go to number five here. Yeah, Papo's a guy that I want to get to uh, before the draft on April 27th. Uh, but I want to get to a couple more linebackers, I was just saying, before we start recording. Um, like you said, super explosive, uh, incredible at the uh, combine. Had some wicked numbers, um, you know, running what he did at the position he is, size he's at, is always really impressive. We saw it from a couple other guys this past weekend. There's a big D lineman I'm forgetting about, and then Nolan Smith obviously stole the show as well. Um they were probably the three big winners in terms of front seven guys. Um, but yeah, heading on to our top five. We got five guys left to talk about. Um, we don't have the same five, I don't believe. Um, but my number five is Oregon's Noah Sewell from Malami, American Samoa. Uh, he's six foot, inch and a half, uh, 246 pounds, 21 years even at the time of the draft. Spent three seasons with Oregon, uh, appeared in 33 games. Didn't have a great combine, honestly. Um, you know, 4-6-4-40, I think, was a little slow. I think people were expecting him to be a little closer to 4-5-5. Five, five. Uh, 33-inch vertical, which isn't great. 9-7 broad, which was a little ahead of the pack uh, in terms of linebackers. And then 27 reps on bench, which is really solid. Um, in terms of his 2022 stats, he had 55 tackles, one and a half sacks, a forced fumble, a pick, and three passes defensed. Strengths for him, uh, he does have some upside as a pass rusher, obviously, um, being one of the stronger, less twitchy guys. He's better inside as a run defender. He was overall pr- pretty balanced uh, in the tape, and he had really good closing speed when it mattered. Um, I did notice, though, he wasn't that quick, um, and he tended to be a little overaggressive, more so than you know playing within his game within the defensive scheme. Um, he didn't bring a lot of force. When tackling, it's surprising for a guy how strong he is. Um, he didn't bring a ton of force. He didn't, you know, keep his feet moving upon contact and kind of, you know, missed a few tackles down the stretch. Uh, I did notice he needed to maintain more speed uh, in plays. A lot of times he would think the play's over before it's over, uh, almost taking himself out of the play due to it. Uh, project him third round, if I had to guess around third round, um, kind of tough to say probably 70 to 90 maybe um yeah he's top five i obviously only got to six guys um do want to get to a few more to kind of put some more um what's the word substance to my rankings and have it mean a little more when all right five of the six guys i watched are going to be ranked so i want to definitely get to some more guys and i think my rankings will change um but yeah overall he was my fifth guy of the six i watched it's not great, uh, but in terms of him being a top five linebacker in this class, I don't know. Man, we do not feel the same about Noah Sewell. Um, I I didn't. He's not in like my my list of um, 
like guys I watched, but I've seen plenty of Noah Sewell. Um, he's a guy I wanted to put off to the end of my tape watch. I mean, I ended up watching roughly 10. Um, yeah, not a, I guess that excludes Noah Sewell, but I've seen plenty of Noah Sewell. Um, and I've watched a lot of clips of him. He had a good combine, actually. He came in lighter than I thought he'd be. Uh, just don't think he has a home in the NFL right now. He's not an instinctual linebacker, I don't think. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I don't see it for him. I love the Sewell family. His brother's awesome. Um, and he's definitely going to profile as a pretty good athlete. I just, I don't know if it's there for him. He struggled a lot at Oregon this year, um, and it does not bode well for him going to the next level. But um, regardless, I think he could put it together, certainly. I don't think he can't. I just think it's going to be really hard for him. Um, but again, I'm not going to. I'm um, not going to say that I necessarily have him in my, in my top five here, um, but the guy I have at five here for me, uh, Henry Toto out of Alabama via um, Tennessee. Word I gave him was reliable. Um, getting into the, I mean, getting the fifth linebacker for me was hard, but ultimately it put Toto here um, ahead of a guy like Papo or a couple of the super athletic guys below him. Um, it's just the relative floor I think he has as a linebacker at the next level. Um, I think he's from day one a, a serviceable. He's not going to be a, you know, a pro bowler or an all pro, but I think he's a serviceable linebacker pretty early on in his career. Um, he's big. He's got the prototypical size. I want to say, I don't have his measurables pulled up right in front of me. I usually do. Um, I think he's like what? Six, one, six two, foot. 27. That's right. Came in at six, one, two, 27. So um, I know, I think I'll listen to six, two. So around, around the same size um, he was at Alabama that he came in at the combine, but um Again, he's just a reliable player. He, he never had not a lot of misassignments or MAs. Um, never really just got blown up. Um, he doesn't have the ceiling that an Owen Papo might have if he puts it together. Um, but a guy who I think comes in immediately and has a super high floor for the most part. Um, and the thing that, that really is big for me is, is the glowing review that that Nick Saban gives him. Every, anytime anybody talks about, um, anytime he talks about Toto, I mean it's. Like he was the best leader on the team, him and Will. Um, he always had the whole group of guys ready to go. He He's an incredible leader off the field. So it, it's just a big one for me. Um, and again, I think it, it it's the relative floor I think he possesses at the next level. Then he can be a fine. He's not, he's not the greatest tackler ever. He's not going to run sideline to sideline with you. He's not going to drop in coverage and cover running back wheels all the way up the sideline. But he's serviceable enough in coverage against tight ends in the flats. Um, I think he plays downhill nicely. I think he wraps up and tackles. I don't think he misses a lot of tackles. Um, you know, I think he sheds well enough. I think he stacks and sheds well enough. Like I think he's of this of this kind of again, it's not a great class, but of this next tier of guys, that it was a it was a clear top four for me, and they kind of go um, in tiers at that point too. But of this finding the five, this is the best actual linebacker of the group, which I'm going to get back to a bunch later. Is the is actually playing linebacker right? It's it's hard to do in the NFL, and that's. A big thing that I take into my account, which again, which is why well, I've got uh, Toto to here at five. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, Toto is another guy I think's top four as well. Uh, like you said, it's kind of a tier of top four guys, and I think a tier of top three as well. Um, but my number four guy is Henry Toto. Um, try to get to what you didn't. Um, he's from Sacramento, California. Like you said, six one two twenty seven. Uh, a little bit older, he'll be 22 in four months, time of the draft. Uh, he spent 2019 and 2020 at Tennessee, and then spent 2021 and 2022 at Alabama. Uh, he had a better 2021 season than 2022, which is not something you ever like to see. But nonetheless, the drop-off wasn't too big. Combine stats, he ran a 4.6240, 4.4 40, 
32 inch vertical and a 9.8 broad. So really not terrible from him other than, you know, the vertical was a little low. Um, 2022 stats, he had 94 tackles and two and a half sacks. Um, I don't believe he had any passes defensed or, you know, fumbles or picks. Um, in terms of his strengths, he had overall pretty good feel and coverage. Um, he was pretty instinctive and shifty with good change of direction. Um, he was a really good leader of the defense, like you mentioned. Uh, his closing speed was good. He wasn't the best tackler or a hitter. Um, a little bit smaller compared to the other guys. Um, didn't always take the best angles in pursuit and didn't offer tons of pass rusher compared to the other guys. Like you said, more of a true linebacker. Project him 60 to 80. He's probably a second rounder. Um, you know, linebackers tend to go earlier than you think after round one. Um, you know, teams kind of jump on him somewhere to running backs. Um, but I'd say, you know, if he's there after 80, it'll be a little bit of a surprise. So he was my fourth guy as well. And I was pretty overall pretty pleased with what I saw. Yeah, no, I guess like you, I think you followed it up nicely on toe to Um, but I'll get to my number four guy here is uh, Dorian Williams out of Tulane. The word I gave Dorian was sneaky. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy on the field. He's actually a little bit undersized, if anything. Um, I believe his official measurables, if I can scroll down far enough, were, let's see, that's not the right guy. Here we go. Um, what was he like five? He was under, I think he was like 5'11 and an eighth, I think is what he was. Um, let's Let see. see. I, I had him in here and I just, I just lost him. Here we go. Never mind. He was 6'1, 228. I'm thinking of somebody else. Still, he's undersized. Um, not undersized, but um, he looks a little small on the field. I don't know if he – he's not necessarily super small. He just looks a little smaller on the field. Maybe it's those two Laninis. I don't know. Um, but he doesn't look like this freakish athlete that he is, and he's a great athlete. He had an awesome combine. Um, 4.49 speed is when he ran on tape or on tape at the combine. Um, he definitely shows up on tape, though. I mean, I think he plays really fast downhill. He's a great delayed blitzer. Um I noticed that in the, especially in the USC game, they wanted to contain Caleb, and he did a great job contain blitzing, um, kind of knowing when to do the delayed bits, delayed blitz on the quarterback. Um, but he took on guards pretty well, and he was physical to point of attack for the most part. Um, but it could have been a little bit better against pullers in the run game. But again, um, for the most part, he's pretty explosive at the point of attack. Um, plays with a lot of passion and a lot of fire in his game, which I love to see out of the linebacker position. Um, he runs really, really well in coverage, though. I mean, that's the calling card in his game, I and mean, that's what he takes pride in, I believe. Um, and then once it was Connor Rogers, um, he talked about on the NFL Stock Exchange podcast that he got to interview um, Dorian Williams at the combine, and he asked him about his, like, you know, what he takes pride in his game, and he said he said it was his coverage, and I mean, it shows up on tape. So um, the guy's awesome in coverage. He, he, I think he takes on, he wants the challenge of going and covering running backs. I mean, at the Senior Bowl. Um, he covered a wheel route like it was nobody's business. It looked like a safety out there um, covering the running back wheel. So I think he's going to be an, a, a useful asset for a team. Um, you know, he's re- <laughs> he, he does things that are really hard. He makes them look easy. Um, there's He needs some coaching up in the run game o- overall. I think he, and from an instinct standpoint, I think he's, you know, it's hard to play running back, and, uh, running back, to play linebacker in the NFL with the, such the advanced run schemes in the NFL. Um so it's a lot more difficult than in college. But again, um, with the coaching up, this guy could be a really linebacker for somebody, um, you know, high floor. I'm not going to say low ceiling or I'm not going to say low ceiling. Um, but he's got a high floor as a coverage guy, especially, I mean, at a minimum, he's a great sub linebacker for you. Um, at a maximum, he's a really good overall linebacker. Again, it's going to take some work to get there, but I'm a big fan of Dorian Williams's game. Um, 
ultimately it was it was a clear like tier one of linebackers and then tier two was just Williams and then the rest. Um, but I'm a big Dorian Williams fan. I like it. Um, did not get to him. Wanted to, unfortunately did not. Um, haven't seen any of Tulane defense this year uh, other than, you know, obviously the cotton bowl watched a little bit of that, but nothing outside of that. Um, but I guess if you want to get into your third guy, since I've kind of gone first on each guy, um, we got three guys left. It is the same three guys. It's just going to be what order are they in? Yeah, um, I'll go in here. This is this is going to be the hottest take I've had so far in these rankings, dude. I've got Trenton Simpson at three. Um, listen, he's a freak athlete, dude. Like even going into the like I so I got his I got his eval. And my other two guys there. I got their evals done before the combine. Knowing going into it like. You know, I, I I knew I didn't learn anything different at the combine about Trenton Simpson. I knew he was gonna be an absolute monster athlete. What he ran a four four three, like I knew that was gonna happen. Like I knew he was gonna run on the four fours. You knew he was gonna have a ridiculous vert, ridiculous broad. Like you knew it was gonna be a good combine for him. That that's that shows up on tape. For me, the issue is actually playing linebacker. I I don't see it. Like I don't see the the stack and shed. I don't see him taking on blockers super well. Um. I mean, the ACC is a, a really solid conference. Like, I don't want to get it twisted. Like, the ACC is a really good competition. Just like Sanders and Campbell, who are the next two guys. I don't, I'm not going to tell you what order, but those are the next two guys that we both have, that I have and you're going to have in your top three as well. So, like, those guys played in the Big Ten and the SEC as well. The ACC is a great conference, too, and Clemson is, had a slew of talent on defense. Um, Simpson was not the best linebacker on the team, I'll tell you that. He may have been the third best. Jeremiah Trotter is definitely, and I've mentioned him before, but Trotter is definitely better. Um, Barrett Carter is just a different player. But I will say about Simpson, he's got a, I mean, he's the most versatile guy the whole bunch. Teams want, teams are going to let him rush the passer. He's, he's going to have some upside there just with the, the athleticism that he possesses. Um, he widened to the slot a lot, which, you know, you don't always, I don't know if he's going to do that at the next level, but he widened the slot a fair amount. Um, Josh Downs did make him look a little silly on a, on a rep in the conference championship game. But again, Josh Downs is a really good season NFL slot receiver. He's going to be drafted. So, um, but he's competitive, no doubt. I mean, the guy, his dad, um, I believe is a U.S. Army Ranger, was a U.S. Army Ranger and served, I want to say, multiple tours o- overseas. So the kid is straight as an arrow. He He's super disciplined. And that shows up in his game, 100%. But again, it's, it's the instinct that I have a question about. And I don't know if he has a home at the next level. He's a tweener. Some team for for some teams a tweener is a hybrid and they love that. Me personally, I see what Isaiah Simmons did. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you. I thought Isaiah Simmons was like an all pro from day one. I was, but I was I wanted the Chargers to take him at six if they didn't take a quarterback. He was the guy I wanted if they didn't take Herbert. If they were gonna not take a quarterback at six, I wanted Simmons all the way. And I don't think I'm alone in that. A lot of people like the guy. Um, but the problem is that we've seen with these Clemson tweeners or hybrid linebackers is that they don't have a home right away. They they're not actual linebackers and they're not safeties they're not slot defenders you know what i mean so whoever drafts trenton simpson has to has to has to have a plan for him from day one they have to have a very specialized like this is what you are doing um but again the size i mean six two and three eighths and 235 is phenomenal it's great size no one's debating the athlete that he is or the ceiling that he has i just i don't know what See, I don't know how, how low the floor is because he's. I don't know how good of a linebacker he actually is. It's hard to tell. Um, so yeah, I, I 
that's the only reason I have him at LB3. He's definitely has the highest ceiling of the group. I'll tell you that right now. Um, which is what the, the elite athlete that he is and what he can do. I just don't know if he's an actual, like there has to be a team that has a specific role. And like I said, a vision and a role for him in mind. He cannot go be Isaiah Simmons. That can't happen to him his rookie year. He's got to go to a team with a plan. It's just like just like the Ravens had a plan for Kyle Hamilton. They took him and they go, we have a plan for this kid. He's going to play in the slot, and he was a he was such a good slot defender. They've got to have a plan for Simpson whoever drafts him. So, um, like, a team that would have taken Kyle Hamilton, you're a deep safety. He'd have been bad this year. He would not have been good. I'll tell you that right now. He's just not a he's not a true center fielder deep safety. That's not his game. He's physical. He's big. He's strong. Play him in the slot. He was great. Play him as a nickel. He's awesome. Trent Simpson's not. He's not a, a Shaq Leonard. He's not a, a Bobby Wagner linebacker. He's going to have to play in this hybrid role that is carved out for him. And do I think there's a team that, that it, that's out there? Absolutely. He's going to be the first linebacker taken, 100%. I'll, I'll, I'll bet on that. But I just, from a ranking standpoint, I don't, for me, I don't know how he can play line, like actual linebacker in the NFL, which is what concerns me. Kind of a rant, but this is a hot take. I'm, I, this is hot. So I wanted to give some clarification, some good reasoning behind why I've got him at three. Oh, yeah, it is hot, uh, like you mentioned. But I agree with what you're saying mostly. Um, you know, he's a guy that you look at and you kind of think of Jamal Adams, but a little different build, obviously. Um, I think Jamal Adams obviously was more safety, and I think Trent can play more linebacker. But Isaiah Simmons obviously is another guy who is kind of on that other end of the spectrum where, you know, athletic freak had an incredible combine, probably one of the best we've seen in the last, you know, five years or so. Um, and it's, just this got to be in a right defense. There's very few teams that could take him and exploit what he offers. And I think, I, I just don't know if he's going to go to that team. Um, I would have to look at more at the other defenses across the league to, you know, really pin some names. Um, but I do like him. I like him a lot. He is my top three, like we said, uh, but he's not number three. And it, it pains me to rank these guys. Cause I do think they're all, they all offer such different stuff and they're, yes, they're, they're, they're all, so different. You're hundred percent right. They're so different. They're all really good sized and they all have different strengths and it's just tough to rank them because I think they could all really be good. And honestly, the guy I have at three, I think is going to be the best day one. Um, and that's Iowa's Jack Campbell. He's from Cedar Falls, Iowa. Um, he's six foot four, two forty nine. 22 years and eight months um i absolutely love this guy he's probably my favorite linebacker um but i kind of bias my rankings as to what would look best on the ravens to complement what the ravens already have and like replace the ravens worst guy at that position and jack campbell's my favorite for the ravens but this is not what the rankings are it's not who would fit the ravens best it's who probably has the most upside and while it is probably it's probably not Jack. Jack probably has the least upside of the top three, but I just think he's going to be the best day one. He spent four years with the Hawkeyes. Um, he, he, had, he didn't have a bad combine. Honestly, he played pretty or had a pretty good week. Uh, four, six, five, 40, which was, you know, fine middle of the pack. 37 and a half inch vertical, which was really, really good. Um, 10 foot eight broad, uh, you know, being six, four, you get a little uh, advantage on the broad jump. I mean, 125 tackles. He had a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, two interceptions, and a pass defense. So really strong season from him. Um, you know, I guess a lot of these guys, a fourth-year guy, it's kind of 
if you don't perform here, you're kind of not going to be, you know, at least a first three round pick as a fifth year guy if he came back. So it's pretty much a do or die year for him. Uh, he's physical. He has a really big frame, like I said, six four, two fifty. Um, he's he's an old school linebacker. You know, he's a lot more old school, and I think really a lot of these other guys in the class. Um, he's probably the best true linebacker. He does offer a little bit of pass rush, but rarely. Um, kind of just in the loaded fronts. Uh, you know, blitz packages. Um, really solid tackler. He had he had good closing speed, not the best, um, and he can overall move well for his size. You see, with the 37 and a half inch vertical, 46540 being 250 pounds. Um, I did notice he was slower to the ball sometimes. Um, you know, on some perimeter plays, a little slower getting to the edge. Um, he wasn't great in coverage. Not you know a little bit tight compared to what you would want to see from a modern day linebacker. That uh, is part in part to him being more of an old school linebacker and he wasn't the best at beating blocks but he kind of just tried to go through him he didn't try to evade them too often um now project him round two uh, i think probably 40 is the ceiling in terms of where he could be drafted but if he's there on on round three i mean a lot of teams should be picking up the phone and trying to get you know get him in their organization because for him to be around three would be crazy uh, but yeah he was my third guy i really really like him iowa always produces solid you know nfl talent and it was just tough for me to put him at three but i just in terms of ranking guys you know factoring everything into it he was just the third guy in line yeah no I, that's fair um you're absolutely right he has he has the lowest ceiling of of the three only because the guy who um the other guy that we haven't talked about yet has also has a ridiculously high ceiling because he's probably the the most raw of the group um and i'll just say now He's the guy that I've got it too. Is is Drew Sanders out of Arkansas um, via Alabama? Um, actually watched him play a senior year of high school at uh, Billy Ryan High School in Denton. Um, I watched him play in the state championship game against Shadow Creek out of Houston. Um, Five star player. He was I think he was like may have been the number one recruit. I think he was the number one recruit out of the state of Texas that year. Um, the year that we graduated high school in 2020. Um, commits to Bama. Got on the field a little bit as a freshman. Um, you know shared a role with Will Anderson. So <laughs> that didn't go great for him in terms of, you know, PT and stuff. But um, in his sophomore year, Dallas Turner comes in, who was a, a five-star, I think, top 10 recruit in the entire country. Um, Going to be a first-round pick next year out of Alabama. Plays the same role. And just in terms of getting the uh, – the and, and getting enough reps was tough for Drew because Will really took a huge jump in his game in the offseason from freshman to, to sophomore year. Um, You know, went from being one of the best freshmen in the country to one of being the, maybe the best player in the country his sophomore year. Um, so saw more, more PT, just not enough for a guy who wanted to go to the NFL with the talent that he has goes to Arkansas, play some off ball linebacker, play some, put some pass rush, um, you know, situation guy, situational reps as a pass rusher. I don't know what I just said. That was awful. <laughs> um, he's so good though. He's such a good football player. Like he's so like, word I gave him was unrefined. Um, cause it's really, it's what he is. Like he's just, he's so his game is so unrefined that if a team can tap into it and really show him the ropes of being a linebacker and a pass rusher, um, man, he's going to be so good for an NFL. Like you mentioned it with the Ravens. Like this is my favorite player for the trade. He's not my one, but he's my favorite player for the chargers. Cause then he can be an off ball linebacker on first and second down. And he can shift to a pass rush role on third and long and, and get after the quarterback. He's got a really good raw power. Um, 
you know, he's he's got to develop pass rush outside of just a bull rush, like win with power type of deal, you know. Um, but the pressure numbers were there. Led the SEC in sacks, um, if I'm not mistaken, this year. Did he not? Because Will, I, I think Will missed a couple games. I believe he, yeah, he yeah. led the SEC in sacks, which is which is big. Um, so I, the notion that he's this like pass rusher playing off my linebacker is wrong in my opinion. Um, and he said the Alabama tape is so good. It's so good. Um, he was shedding blocks really well. I think he's actually he's a, he's a great athlete. He didn't even get the same test at the combine. I don't know why he did all the drills. He looked great in the drills. Um, didn't test at the combine for whatever reason. Maybe working through something. I'm not really sure. But um, I mean, he just needs to get everything, put a bow on it, and wrap it up nicely. And he could be such a good player for a team. Um, I guess a couple notes that I had on him when I was watching the Alabama tape. Um, he he sifts through the wash really well. I think he sits there. He's got good eyes. He got good hands. He moves through the wash well. Um, I thought he came out comes off blocks well. He's got. I think he has really good eyes. Good eyes in zone, and he has good play recognition. Um, did not get fooled by the end around, the play action, you know, the double move. I don't think he got you know fooled with that. I think he's, you know, fine covering in the flats, and he's got a really high motor as a pass rusher. So um, I also think he's got good contain. He plays contain well. There was a lot of times against Alabama when they didn't have him just, you know, pin his ears back and go. He'd pin the ears back halfway like he'd, he'd get into a rep and if he didn't like immediately win the rep right off rip and like have a free line at Bryce it was all right contain Bryce don't let him escape the pocket and I think he did a really good job of that he also did good on like late contained blitzes um so it's just really good really good tape against Bama it's a, it's flashes of what he can be at the next level um again if a team can rein him in get him coached up he really can I mean, he could be the best player of the bunch honestly um from like an actual linebacker perspective he's, he's really big Alabama had him listed at I want to say six four two thirty five. I don't know what yeah. would have been at the combine. Probably like what a half inch shorter and give or take five pounds each way, ten pounds each way. But again, he was going to test. He's going to test what his pro day. He said he's a really good athlete, um, really good football player, and it, my, he's my favorite linebacker of the bunch. Yeah, he was actually six four two thirty five at the combine as well. Um, so pretty. Oh, I guess he weighed in, didn't him. he? I, I didn't even. I didn't even look. I just. In my brain, I was like, he didn't test. I'm not going to look. But I, I guess he did right. learn probably, yeah. Right. He didn't test, but he did have all the measurements, you know, hand, arm length, um, stuff like that. So um, we've covered everybody. You still have your number one guy. I still have my top two. Um, but, yeah, like we've been saying, these top three guys, really, it's tough to order them. They offer such different things, like I said. Um, and, honestly, depending on where they go, I guarantee you each team that takes these top three guys, assuming it's three different teams, can comfortably say that was our linebacker one. Because, you know, let's say Simpson goes to a team that already has kind of a Jack Campbell type guy and you go, okay, Simpson's my linebacker one for that team. So it's kind of iffy and it's kind of tough to do these universal rankings um, about guys, especially linebackers, just because it's, you know, linebackers are one of the more positions more so where it's like, okay, how does the scheme work with them in comparison? Like, all right, running back, like you have this guy doing the, this, like there's not many different, obviously have like a couple of different kinds of running backs, but nowhere near to the, you know, kind of how versatile linebackers can be and how many different types of linebackers there are in today's game. Um, so I yeah. do think no, all that, three of them a, can offer no, different that's a great things. Point. Yeah. 
well, I don't want to let this slip my, slip my mind because I will forget to say this, but I think you should have really good light on how this is going to work for NFL teams. Like our board, like we're not giving a board of like, oh, like this is what NFL teams board should be. Like this is what our board is. For the NFL, boards are going to be different. Like you, I think you illustrated it perfectly. Like the Chargers need a Jack Campbell or a Drew Sanders, a guy who's a good off-ball linebacker that can just play line, like play linebacker. Like the Ravens need a guy who can kind of do kind of just play linebacker. You got Roquan who can do that, or you want a guy who's a super good athlete like Simpson. Um, you know, it kind of just depends. Like there are going to be teams that feel like they have like like the Isaiah like the Cardinals want are going to want a linebacker like Jack Campbell because they have they have Isaiah Simmons. There'll be other teams that have, like, you know, the Seahawks have Jordan Brooks, who's just a, he's a linebacker. They're going to want a Trenton Simpson type, because I think that's a great point to point out. That's, I tried to pull two off the head. Obviously, I know every NFL team's different. I think that's a great way to contextualize how these rankings are really going to look um, for everybody across the board, not just us, but other people that are going to put this out in, in, the, in the draft world and the NFL teams themselves and where they fall. So that's a great point to put out, and that's uh, really well said, Brett. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so... I got two guys left. I'll start with my number two guy, and then we'll kind of alternate until um, we get to safeties. My number two linebacker is Clemson's Trenton Simpson uh, out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I love um, you. I love that you have Drew Sanders at one. I I love that. God, I love it. Simpson is love six it. foot, two and a half inches, uh, 200, 235 pounds, uh, 21 years and 10 months. He'll turn... He was born one year and one day before I was. So he'll turn 22 um, about mid-June. He spent three years at Clemson. He improved a good bit each year. Um, You know, you could argue he played better in 2021. But honestly, I think his stats were better in 22. He ran a 4-4-3-40 with 25 bench reps at the combine. He didn't do uh, vertical or broad that I saw. Um Unfortunately, I wanted to see kind of what those numbers were, and I think they could have helped his stock. Um, 2022 stats, 73 tackles, two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and three passes defensed. Uh, just pretty quickly, uh, he's rangy. He can hit well uh, when he, you know, he runs his feet. He had good instincts for the most part. It did help that he played with a really good front seven, like you mentioned. Um, he had quickness and suddenness in his movements, but overall, uh, he was a little over aggressive at times, and he could be better getting off blocks. Uh, sometimes can be taken out of a play due to slow, um, you know, recognition occasionally. Cause I mean, overall he had good instincts, but when he didn't, it was like really bad. Um, I do think he's gonna be the first guy taken. I think if anyone had a chance to go into the first, I think it's him just because the teams can probably shift him around the most, just being the most versatile guy. Um, he probably is gone by 45, if I had to guess, he's probably one of those guys that, you know, after day one, teams are picking up the phone, trying to get up uh, on the board and trying to, you know, have a shot at him, uh, if not take him. So I like him a lot. Number two, um, my number one guy, that is Arkansas's Drew Sanders out of Denton, Texas. Like you said, 6'4", 235, very young, uh, 21 years and four months at the time of the draft, which is a big deal for me, um, especially linebackers that are always, you know, arguably the most physical position on the field. Um, he spent 2020 and 2021 at Bama, like you said, transferred to Arkansas for his junior year this past season. Played really, really well. Um, he didn't perform at the combine, didn't have any numbers there uh, in terms of you know 40, vertical, broad jump, uh, bench reps. But for the season, he had 103 tackles, nine and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, 
fumble recovery, a pick, and five passes defense. So super versatile, um, pretty high upside overall, uh, off ball and rushing experience and fit wherever you want him. Um, I think he's better as a rusher um, and pretty solid change of direction, which I think benefited him as a rusher, um, you know, going against slower guys in offensive tackles mainly. Um, in terms of weaknesses, he wasn't the best in pursuit for how quick he was, and I didn't think he had elite traits. Uh, he could be better against the run, and when you do put him at the edge, he's a little bit undersized at 235. Uh, you know, you rarely see guys probably under 250 at the edge. I just think overall it's going to be it's going to come down to who takes him, and and how far like how far in advance have they thought about the plan for him in their defense because he's a guy that you really want, I think every team would be happy to have him on their team, but at the same time, if you misuse him, that could be a really bad pick. And he, I mean, he could perform like a fourth rounder if you don't have a good spot for him. Um, but he was my number one guy. Cause I think he has the best blend of upside and production. Um, three seasons in the sec. He's young. Um, he's pretty good sized. You know, he's really good size as a off ball, uh, solid size as an edge rusher uh, he was a counter and a power uh kind of buster he kind of was too quick for the polars um he recognized the plays pretty quickly uh he should be gone by 50 if i had to guess likely by 45 um but it's just tough to say right now round two i mean so many different things could happen so many different ways you know the draft order could shake out but yeah um those are my top five. I'll let you get to your number one. But, yeah, I really liked these guys, especially the top three, even Toa Toa. Um, and it's tough to rank them, honestly. I just think, like I said, Sanders had the best blend of upside and production. Yeah, no, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on him one more time just because he's, he's my favorite guy in the class. Um, I guess for Chargers specifically, I'd love for him to get him. I think getting him in a room with Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa would be awesome. Khalil Max not getting cut or traded, by the way. Let's just dispel that now. It's just it's not happening. Um, I know you we've talked about that plenty, but I'll just put that on the pod now. Not happening. Um, but uh, just the prospects of getting him in a room with two veteran pass rushers um, is awesome. I think they you know they need to get another veteran linebacker in there maybe. Uh, you know not not necessarily a Van Noy. I don't know if they can afford to bring him back with as tight as the cap's going to be. But um, you know a vet minimum guy. They had Thomas Davis a while back, not not him. I think he's retired now, but a guy's like that. He just guy's been around the game a long time, maybe not his prime anymore, but a guy who can give you some solid first down, second down reps, maybe. Um, you know, special teams guy, but against a locker room, um, kind of a vet. But um, I, I love Drew Sanders, and frankly, the only reason I like I wanted to put him at one, but the combine that Jack Campbell had, elite. I mean, elite, elite combine from him in every facet of the meaning i mean the shuttle and the three cone were crazy the 10 yard split was ridiculous at a 159 for a linebacker the 46540 was plenty good 35 and a half vert 10 8 broad is super explosive and then he came in at 64 and 5 8 and 249 you he knew he was gonna be big that didn't really shock me but it was the explosiveness and the agility numbers that shocked me um you know, on tape, you almost like against Ohio State, it was like, man, like sometimes he's getting beat because then like he's an, like a good enough athlete, but it's just he's fine. I just think that sometimes, like, you know, playing Ohio State's hard, man. One of the best offenses in the country. It's just it's hard for a guy that's trying to call the defense and, um, 
you know, do a lot of different stuff as good as the Iowa team was um, that, that Ohio state front was really good. And um, you know, Paris, like Paris can't like Paris Johnson is a, I almost said Paris Campbell. Paris Johnson is such an elite athlete at left tackle that like, it's just hard to beat that guy sometimes. So I think it was two elite athletes going to make each other in the run game. A lot of the time with, with Campbell and, and Johnson seeing each other in that game. But the reason I've got Campbell at one is because he's got like, like from Doug, you said, he's got the highest floor. Like from day one, I mean, he's a starting linebacker on almost every team. Like the Ravens are a team he's probably not starting on right away because they have Queen and Roquan. Like probably not as, like San Fran with with Greenlaw and and obviously Fred Warner. But like if I had, I'd have to think, like, really think about it for a minute, he's a starting linebacker on probably 28 or 32 teams, if not more. Right. So like that's the thing for me is he he plays like he right now he plays the linebacker position far and away the best of anybody in the class. He's the best pure inside linebacker. The stacks and sheds are, are really good. Um, he tackles really well. I think he covers well. He's got really great. He, he's, he's the most instinctual guy in the class. Um, I think Drew Sanders has good instincts. I think Jack Campbell has great instincts for a college linebacker. And that's ultimately what separated it for me right now. Now, if Drew Sanders goes to the comp, goes to his pro day and puts up comparable numbers, the ceiling is going to boost it ahead of Campbell. I'm just going to say that now. Like, candidly, these are like, like we have stuff to announce, like ranking changes to announce on the next Cold Seat episode for both of us. This is one that could happen eventually if Sanders goes to his pro day and lights it up testing wise, candidly. But again, that didn't happen. So, I mean, I mean, in the, even in the drills, Campbell looked really, really good, really fluid. Um, and again, it's it's the the lack of boomer bust. Like he like he he could absolutely boom. There's no bust with him, I don't think. Like he's a guy that's he's a, he's by far the safest pick, which I value in a linebacker. Like I value the fact that he's gonna come into the NFL and not suck. I can see a, a position where all these other guys go to a team and they're just not good, which I hate to say that, but it could happen for all of them. I hate I hate to say it about Drew Sanders too because I love the guy, but it could happen. You hit the nail on the head. If you, you could go to a team that doesn't have a plan and you look like a fourth rounder, you could put Jack Campbell on any any NFL team. He's gonna look like a great pick, great second. He looks like a value pick in the second round. I think he's, I, none of these guys are first round talents to me right now. Um, and like you said, Simpson's going to be the first one taken, but Campbell's got the highest floor and the best chance from day one to look like he was well worth a second round pick. So, um, you know, again, but I, I also see the concerns. Um, I, I do. But again, at the end of the day, to me, it's just the soundness and the gate word I gave him was sound. It's just such a sound linebacker and he plays the game so well with such integrity of the position such discipline that um you couldn't put anybody over him right now but again should the athletic numbers look really really good for um for drew sanders rankings could change um but yeah no, that, that that runs up the linebackers for us um safeties won't be as, as deep of a conversation i'll say that right now um candidly i watched a lot of the linebackers did not watch a lot of the safeties on the chart like for me i didn't want to spend much time watching safeties because the chargers aren't going to take one um just with the busy life that we both have it's going to happen sometimes, but nonetheless, I do think, um, I mean, there's one safety that I love. He's not anything else. He's a safety. But other than that, um, it was hard to kind of discern what this class was to me. Um, but yeah, we'll get it going here. I'll let you get your sixth guy who did not make your top five. Uh, actually, you can clap, cap out linebackers if you want to. Anything you want to add to the end of the conversation, then we'll get safeties going here. Yeah, about linebackers, I think we pretty much covered it, honestly. Um, the top three guys, I think they're in a tier of their own. It's tough to separate between the three of them because so many teams use their linebackers in such different ways, and they all 
offer such different things. So it's really it. Um, it'd be fun to see, you know, where they end up in the fifth. So that would de- definitely be one that I'm looking out for more so in other positions in terms of, you know, position player team fits. Um, but that pretty much caps off our linebacker rankings here for the 2023 NFL draft. Um, going to get to now our safeties that we have. Uh, safeties is always a tough position as well because there's so many different ways you can use them, similar to linebackers. Um, I did get to six guys for the safeties as well. And the one guy that I left out was uh, Florida State's Jamie Robinson out of Cordell, Georgia. I did like him. Uh, he's 5'11", 191. That'll be th- 22 years and three months at the time of the draft. He spent two years at South Carolina, played pretty well, um, part of a fairly solid secondary there. And then he spent two years at Florida State as well. So four really productive seasons. You look at his stats. Um, at the combine, he had a 4'5", 40, 33.5-inch vertical, which was pretty low. A 9'8", broad, 23 bench reps, which was, you know, definitely in the upper half. I think he was sixth or something across all safeties. In terms of his 2022 stats, he had 99 tackles, a sack, a fumble recovery, a pick, and five passes defensed. Um, he did have a good bit of strengths. He obviously experienced physical, uh, has a ton of production, high motor, explosive, closing speed, downhill, all things you like to see in a modern day safety. Not a true center fielder. Um, you know, he was played close to the line of scrimmage, more so in the box for Florida State. He did, you know, tend to be hesitant occasionally. I think, uh, you know, obviously when you're playing in a box, you don't have as much time to think and react as you do, you know, maybe as a center fielder. Um, a little bit undersized, 5'11", 191. Not terribly. Uh, ideally, you like to have safeties around 6'1", probably. Um, another guy that tended to be a little overaggressive, you know, when he did commit with, you know, quick reaction. Uh, and his vision wasn't great. Uh, that's probably why he wasn't a center fielder. Uh, just didn't have great overall vision i didn't think from what i saw i th- i mean that's something you can improve on that's something that can be coached in terms of you know what your cues and in what order um overall i think he was solid i think if i watched a few more guys maybe he'd stay at six maybe not um but i think he'll be a day two pick uh for sure safety is another position you see go pretty frequently on day two but i think he'll be gone by 80 or so. I mean, I doubt he'll last to the end of the third round. Uh, for sure, a day two pick. Yeah. Um, Robin's another guy that I that was out of my top five. Uh, he hit the nail on the head. Just safety class is not good. I'll just say that right now. I'm not a fan of it at all. But um, like you said, on Robinson, um, you know, he's versatile. I like the way he tackled. Um, the ball production wasn't great. And like you mentioned, he just never really was a free safety. And especially at that size, you'd think, oh, he's a free safety, but he's just, he's not. Like, he didn't have the range to, to do that. So, um, coverage just wasn't great as a whole. Um, I think he's a, he plays like a safety who should be two, three inches taller and 30 pounds heavier. Um, and he, he, he's just not. Like, he's a, he plays like a box safety. He's just not. So, or he's not built like one, but it's what he plays like. So, um, you know, he's built like a rangy safety. He just isn't. So it's just hard to, um, you kind of peg what he will be in the NFL. But again, um, talented, really talented player. Um, that's got a lot, a lot, a lot to learn still. I think a guy who's got plenty of room to grow in the NFL. And there's a team that that likes him enough that it feels like, man, we can we can grow him to what we want him to be. Awesome. There will be a team for him. So, um, but again, 
that's just he's out of my top five kind of for those reasons same that you said um but i'll get to my number five here or you want to hit your number five first well i'll turn it like this you want to go up to no, you, you. Plan on the pod on the pod okay i'll go here um safety class is weird dude this is throw me it threw me for a loop the four and five were hard for me um the start like i've flip-flopped like today i flip-flopped back and forth between these two guys um but at five i have jordan battle from alabama the word I gave him was complete because I think he does a lot of things well. I just don't like he's a he's a like he's a master of none type of guy, but he's good at a lot of things. He's like a jack of all trades. I feel like um, I think he's best as a box safety. Um, like no doubt in my mind, he's best as a box safety. He's six foot one, um, two oh nine, ran a four five five at the combine, which is pretty solid. Um, just bringing these numbers up for some context on speed and a relative athleticism. Um, I mean, he overall had a good combine. Um, I think. He's an explosive player. He started for four years at Alabama, which is big. I mean, being a four-year starter at that program is hard. I mean, it's really hard. Um, probably the, I mean, the last four years, probably the hardest place to start for four straight years is Alabama. Um, you know, they're the guy that, that Nick Saban glows about. So you, when I, when Nick Saban lights up talking about guys, that's a good thing. I mean, off the field, Jordan Battle's been great there. Again, touted as a leader, which, you know, again, you look at the guys we've talked about already in Will Anderson and Toto, like, when you get touted as a leader by Nick Saban, it means a lot. And it means a lot to NFL teams too. So, um, you know, I just feel like battle does a lot. Well, I don't, like I said, I don't think he's like this elite coverage guy or this elite tackler or this elite, like run stuffer or whatever. I think he's a good player in a lot of aspects. I don't think there's like necessarily one massively glaring part of his game, which is something that I like, Like, there's no, like when I turn the tape on, it's like, man, he's really bad at this. Like that doesn't, doesn't like, it isn't not a thing for me. Um, it's more just about like his, I don't know. The reason I have him at five is I don't know if the ceiling is as high or rather like the importance of role is going to be as high as the guy I have a, the guys I have above him and the impact he could have at the next level is going to be as high. Um, question the man-to-man coverage skills a little bit. Um, well, he's a good tackler. He's not great in the open field against shiftier guys. Like I'd like to see him break down a little bit better, um, kind of an open space. So one area of concern, but again, I just think a well-rounded guy. Like, if you just want a safety, you can just kind of plug in and be like, all right, go do this. He's going to do fine at it. would be a great special teamer as well. I'll put that out there. Um, high motor guy, high effort, great special teamer as well. So, um, guy will probably, you know, late day two, early day three. It's hard to tell these safeties, um, but probably late day two for him. Yeah, for sure. I'm right there with you. Uh, Jordan Battle is my safety five in this class. Um, six foot one, two Oh nine at the combine be 22 years and four months at the time of the draft Four solid seasons at Bama, uh, could have declared last year, almost did one of the last guys to announce he was returning for a fourth year or just another year in general. Um, I think you look at his stats and you're like, why didn't he declare after three years? But I think it, you know, if you're if the safety class last year was the same as this year, then he would have declared last year. But the fact that last year's safety class was so much better even though he had a worse year this year, he's going to be drafted higher and make more money because of the players around him, I think. I think in 2021, honestly, he had better stats, if I'm not mistaken. Um, combined 4 5, 5 40, 34 inch vertical, 17 bench. All, all pretty average numbers for safety. Um, you know, nothing too special there. 2022 stats, he had 61 tackles, a pick, and two passes defense. So not bad, obviously. Um you know, not many tackles to go around when you're playing on the Bama defense. Uh, I know it's just pretty physical, good awareness. Uh, he had a good enough speed, uh, play speed. He was in solid, solid in coverage in 2021. And I noticed he had a really solid IQ, uh, quick to pick up on things. 
quick to recognize he was a good communicator in the back end. Um, in terms of weaknesses, like you said, he wasn't the best in man. Um, obviously, they didn't play him every snap, um, depending on what packages they were running. He wasn't the best or most consistent tackler either, and I noticed he needed to take a little bit better angles. Um, you know, that was probably just a part of, obviously, the SEC is kind of another level of football. So you look at that, and most of the time you see SEC guys are more pro-ready just because of the experience that they underwent at the college level. Um, better angles. It'd be nice if he was a little bit more athletic, but honestly, with his experience, I think it makes up for it, you know, with his instincts and overall just what he's seen on the football field. Should be gone by 70 uh, is what I have it. Just rounded to 10, uh, you know, 64, obviously, is the end of the second round. So probably a second round pick. Um, definitely want to – I like this guy a lot. Um, you know, I always admire guys that go back to school and try to, you know, prove themselves for one more year and a year where they very easily could have gone to pro and made more money. Now, now with NIL, I don't, I don't know if he was making more money this year or, you know, if he turned pro last year as a fourth round pick or whatever. So, um, you know, coming back to Bama paid off for him. I think he's going to make some money uh, this year or with his rookie contract. And yeah, he's my safety five as well. Um, alternating back through my fourth guy. Uh, I got obviously four left. Tough to rank two and three, but four I think was pretty easy just based off the six guys I watched. And that was Notre Dame's Brandon Joseph out of College Station, Texas. You know, A&M's backyard. Um, maybe he didn't go to A&M because of a guy I had, I'll talk about in a minute. Um, he's six foot 202. He's pretty old. He'll be three months from turning 23 at the time of the draft. He spent three seasons at Northwestern. Then when Kyle Hamilton declared, uh, you know, a pretty big void in the back end of the uh, Notre Dame defense. And so he transferred to Notre Dame for the 2022 season. And they really thought he was going to fill, um, you know, Kyle Hamilton's role. And he didn't quite live up to it. Um, 46240 at the combine, 30 and a half inch vertical, which is pretty poor. Uh, nine foot ten broad, which was a little bit ahead of the pack. Uh, and 17 bench reps was about, you know, a little bit ahead of average. Um, in terms of 2022 stats, he had 30 tackles, a forced fumble, a pick. Uh, he did return for a touchdown. And a pass swatted. Um, overall, I mean, he was solid. It wasn't like he was terrible. It's just he wasn't nearly what people thought he would be. I think, you know, whether people placed too high expectations on him, um, whatever it may be, I think he was good. He was a good tackler. He had solid ball skills, and he turned his head well. Um, soft hands, and he was pretty strong. Kind of the things that cost him the most in his busted plays were he wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the best getting off blocks and his pursuit angles and pursuit angles are big for safeties. Um, being the rangiest players on the field, you need the best pursuit angles because you're most of the time, the last line of defense, you know, if a guy's breaking off a run, you're the guy that's going to determine, is it a 20 yard gain or is it a 70 yard gain for a touchdown? So uh, it did cost him a couple times. I just, I think he's gone by 80. I mean, he should be a day two pick for sure. I don't think he'd get to the back half of the third round, but overall, I mean, he was good. It's just he didn't really live up to what people thought he would be. Yeah, I, did, I actually didn't watch Joseph, um, but I will add this. He should have declared after his junior year. I don't know why he didn't. I get the safety class was better, you know, with obviously Hamilton, Dax Hill, Petrie, and I'm missing guys. 
But why, why he should have declared like – Jordan Battle, I understood going back to college. I got that. Like I, I understood. Why did Brandon Joseph go to Notre Dame and go back? Why? There's no point to that to me. I, I didn't get it at all. I, I didn't like the decision when he announced he was going to go back and then transfer to Notre Dame. I thought he should have just gone when he when he had the chance. But um, from what I have seen of him, you know, obviously we've both seen a plenty of clips of these guys. I'm not – I didn't do a tape study on him, but I've seen plenty of clips on Brandon Joseph. I did not like the season that he had. Um, from the numbers of you know Notre Dame games I saw this year, he had this great hit against JSN where he knocked him out of the game in the first game of the year. But like, other than that, Homie really didn't do a lot. He didn't make a splash play, so I just didn't love um, the transfer and then didn't love the choice to go you know not go out. But um, I won't take too long on him. I'll, I'll quickly get to my number four here and uh, JL Skinner out of Boise State. The word I gave him was large. Um, I mean, dude's big. Like I think JL Skinner. I don't know if I think he weighed in at the combine. Um, cause I, he did not, pre- he tore a peck early, like, or I guess in like late February, right before the combine, um, which is really unfortunate, but I believe Boise State had him listed at six, four, 230 pounds, 220 pounds. Um, again, I don't know what his combine numbers were. Um, let's see. He weighed, I know he I did height and weight. I'm sure. Yeah. Six foot four, 209. So a little lighter, but dude, six, four is a big safety. So the thing I'll say with Skinner is he had, he, I think he's got good range cause he's got long strides. Um, he's pretty fast. He had a good senior bowl week as well, uh, which is big for me. Um, but a guy I think it's got a really good upside as like a, a like a long like a longer center fielder um, with some nice physicality in the run game. Um, he tracks down guys well. He you know on tape he's he's physical. I mean he's big. He's physical. He, he wants to impose himself on their players that are just smaller than him, and that's a great attitude to have at safety. It's borderline dangerous like you see derwin james is like that and he got ejected once this year for targeting like you've got to be careful but i like the mentality that he plays with i like the fact that he wants to be big and, and hit guys really hard and you know let, let the other team like hey i'm here you know what i mean so um you know i'm all about it for for him um being at the next level and, and being i hate i hate that the, he tore the peck I, he probably i mean he'll get drafted still but not as high as he would have um but i really like his game i like the you know the size he brings to the to the table i like the physicality he plays with so jail skinner at four for me was um was pretty easy with this group yeah he's a guy that i did not get to but nonetheless you know polarizing prospect being six four two oh nine uh no doubt the biggest safety in the class but yeah like you said injury was a concern for him um and his level of competition playing in what the Mountain West Conference uh, wasn't the best competition, obviously, that he was going against. Um, but, I mean, the upside's there. He definitely has traits that could translate to the next level. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to him, like I said. But I think he does have a future at the next level, and he could definitely be a starter. Uh, maybe not year one, but while he's on his rookie deal for sure. Um, three guys left. I believe they're the same three guys. Um, my third guy is Georgia's Christopher Smith out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he is five foot 11, 192 pounds. He'll be 23 even at the time of the draft. Spent five years at Georgia. Uh, main reason why he's older. Uh, he improved each season though. He did have, you know, not great combine. Uh, four six two forty thirty three inch vertical nine foot eight broad and fifteen reps on bench. All a hair under average for safeties, um, which is something you really don't want to see. I thought he would have a better combine. You know, boost his stock and what was a weak safety class, um, but really didn't separate himself from anyone. 
He had 60 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, three interceptions, and five passes defense this past season. Um, so pretty good stats from him on what was a loaded Georgia defense yet again. Strengths, obviously, ball skills, uh, you know, with the three picks, five pass breakups, uh, you know, versatile. He was a leader of the secondary overall. You I mean, you look at Keely Ringo and him, kind of the main two guys, the leaders, the vets. Um, he was instinctive, and I he's probably – the best true free safety in the draft um he was a center fielder for most of the year i'm forgetting another guy who was really good uh bullard i think was his name he was more of the box guy um didn't play deep as often uh in terms of christopher smith's weaknesses obviously not the biggest or longest um in terms of you know what you want to see from the safety position um he did miss some tackles unfortunately uh, that did cost georgia some big gains um, and really put a dent in their yards per play because normally they weren't allowing more than a couple yards of play. Um, he can't get off blocks that easily. Um, he is one of the more stocky safeties, so it was a little bit surprising, and he didn't have the best vision for being a deep guy. Um, you know, all things you can clean up, but a lot of technique things that I noticed that weren't up to par, I thought. He should be a second rounder, um, once again, in a weak safety class. So um, be shocked to see him slip out of the second round, but nonetheless, he, I think he'll be a good pro. Yeah, I didn't have Chris Smith in my top five. Um, it would have been close. I just, for me, the question with him is like that Georgia defense was loaded, dude. The front was great. The linebacker, like the whole, everybody on that Georgia team is awesome. Um, I just don't know how much easier his, like how easy was his job to play, like to do what he did in a limited, his role. He didn't, they, they didn't ask him to do a lot at Georgia. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, hey, Chris, go, go into the slot and guard wide receiver ones go play over the top against Jalen Hyatt. Like they didn't ask him to do that. So I just, I don't know. I feel like the job as a safety is so much easier when you've got really good corners, really good, an elite front, great linebackers. Like it's just not to mention Bullard next to him. It's just, I think that his job is made very easy with the elite talent on that Georgia defense and, and the atrocious combine really worries me athletically. Like I don't like, on tape, I thought Chris was a great athlete, but you look at the numbers, it's like the, the, the numbers don't just lie. The, the explosive numbers weren't great. A 4.62 is not a good time for him. And he's, he's undersized. He's 5'10 he's and 5'8 and 192, just an undersized guy. Um, so, you know, looking at the tape, it's like, well, it's just, was he just able to do what he did because the Georgia defense is elite and it, it covered up for some of the missed, for some of the shortcomings that he has? I don't know. So I just I'd have to go back and do a really deep tape study on him to get him in my top five, but um, not a guy that I loved based upon the numbers and all that stuff. Um, but number three I have Sidney Brown, brother of Chase Brown, running any Illinois running back. Um, Sidney also played for Illinois, part of an awesome you know a really good secondary this year for Illinois. Obviously Witherspoon, um, Sidney Brown's probably the second best guy in that group, and then there's another NFL player there that I'm gonna forget his name right now, of course, since we're recording. Um, but um, Sidney's really explosive, man. I mean his. <laughs> Combine numbers are great. Jumped a 40 and a half vert and a, and a 10 10 broad. 447 speed is awesome. Um, undersized, certainly at, at 5'9 and 6 8, but at, at 211, I think he packs a good punch. Um, you know, and it shows on tape again. Combine's used to verify stuff you see on tape, and he packs a good punch in his game. Um, I like the range he plays with. I like the physicality he plays with. He's just a playmaker. He's an explosive playmaker, I think, on defense. Um, you know, again, play with a great corner, you know, on, on the same defense. But outside of that, the Illinois defense wasn't great. It's not like, it's, you know, an ACC defense. They were, um, you know, sparsely talented outside of the secondary. So, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm a, I was a really big fan of his game, though. I think his brother is also really explosive. Um, saw it at the combine as well. But um, so big fan of the Brown brothers and Sydney and Chase. But I um, really like Chase's game or Sydney's game here. Um, you know, it was pretty easily number three safety for me, just with the production that he had. Um, what I think he can be at the NFL level again. He's undersized, but um, if you watch the tape, it like I I only know this because I watched a lot of USC. Um, it reminded me of Talano Hufango when he was at, at USC. Just the things he did on the football field, that kind of thing. So, big fan of Cindy Brown. Um, I like what he could be for an NFL team. I'm really glad you got to him. Uh, he's a guy that I really wanted to get to. He would have been my next guy that I would have gotten to. Um, bummed I didn't. Hey, he might be my safety three if I get to him. Um, obviously, rankings can change with guys that we watch or change of opinion. Uh, but Cindy Brown is definitely a guy I wanted to get to. Um, bummed. Like I said, played in a good conference, the Big Ten, you know, plenty of good offenses in that conference. Obviously, Ohio State leading the way, Michigan. Um, but, yeah, wish I got to him. Um, but I'll let you get to your number two, and we'll finish this out. Yeah, number two, I, we probably have the same two guys here. Um, Antonio Johnson's number two for me, Texas A&M. Uh, junior, I don't know where he's from, I'll be honest with you. Um, six foot six foot two even, uh, 198. Terrible bench press, terrible jumps to the combine. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, 4-5-2 is a fine 40, though. 4-5-2 is fine. I mean, he's a box player for the most part to me. Um, you know, slot defender. Um, so the explosion doesn't really bother me that much. I mean, Kyle Hamilton didn't have a great combine either, but he's a great slot defender. I'm not saying they're the same player by any means, but what Johnson does, I think he's a box player, um, slot defender, nickel, just a nickel defender as a whole kind of deal. Um in the box player for sure. But I like the potential of this guy. I gave him potential because at AM, it's like they all I mean he's a five star player that went to AM. Add him to the list of guys who show up to AM as a five star and just underperformed the expect you know, just didn't meet check didn't meet expectations there. Um but again, a guy who's got a really high ceiling. I really like what he can what he can be at the next level, what he could en- end up developing into. So um ultimately I like what he flashed on tape and I think that because of the ceiling that he possesses that is far greater than, you know, the guy, the guys below him puts him at number two for me is what he can be at the next level. And um, with the size he's got as well, I like the size. Again, the numbers don't really bother me that much as a slot defender. Um, so I like Antonio Johnson a lot. I agree. He's my number two guy as well. Um, he's out of St. East St. Louis, Illinois, 6'2", 195. I mean, that's your prototypical size, uh, 21 and a half at the time of the draft. So, on the younger side, he spent three seasons at A&M, three and done, didn't transfer anywhere. Uh, 4.5240, 31-inch vertical, 9-foot-10 broad, and eight bench reps, which is um, obviously on the lower end. 71 tackles, a sack, three forced fumbles, and a pass defense. Um, you know, he had really good instincts. Three forced fumbles was big. Uh, he's physical. Change of direction was solid. He had fluid feet more so than a few other guys, and he could track the ball fairly well. Um in terms of weaknesses, he didn't play well in space or on the outside, I thought. He's more of a box or slot specialist. Um, didn't have a ton of ball-productive plays outside the forced fumbles, um, and he's not the fastest. I mean, 4-5-2 is good, but I did, he didn't play as fast. You, you always hear guys play faster than the 40. Um, I guess he kind of seemed like he played a little slower than the 40 to me. I think that 4-5-2 is surprising and most definitely good for his stock. Um I think he's a top 50 pick. I think pretty easily safety two on the board. And the guy we have at one, you could argue that he's not even a safety. So, um, you know, in terms of true safeties, you might have to take out the top two guys just because, you know, Antonio is 
you know, a good bit in the slot, didn't play deep that much. So um, the definition of safety is changing each year. Um, less and less that we have in the true deep center fielder guys like Ed Reed, Troy Paul, or maybe not as much Troy Palomalu, but um, guys that just waited back, you know, last line of defense where everyone else was up at the line. You kind of see more um, coverages and packages and stuff like that nowadays. And I, I really like Antonio Johnson a lot. Didn't really honestly hear a ton about him until uh, about bowl season. I heard about him a little bit. Um, but yeah, I like him a lot. Definitely safety too. And the guys we talked about, um, but yeah, one more guy, I'll let you start. Brian branch, Alabama, where to give him was money. Cause this dude is so, he's just so money on every single play. There's no weaknesses to his game. I don't care about the combine numbers. His RAS score wasn't great. Okay. Just watch the tape. Like I reference RAS scores when it's like, I'm trying to decide between a couple of guys that have similar tape in, you know, late day two, early day three, even middle day two. Great. The RAS score helps a lot. Brian, the RAS score doesn't matter for Brian Branch. He's a slot defender. 100%. I just want to get that out there because everyone's trying to poop on Brian Branch because he had an average combine. Cry, cry me a river. Cry me a river, build a bridge, and get over it. I don't care. The RAS, it just doesn't bother me. This guy is such a – he's my favorite player in the class. Other than Tyree. Let's take Tyree out of the equation because – that's my guy. Both of us just being a tech guy. But like Brian Branch is my favorite player in this class because he's so good. This is this is a ridiculous stat that I, I've been waiting to t- talk about on this podcast. He's he played he started for two years and played a lot as a freshman. Played 300 snaps as a freshman, which is a lot for a true freshman in Alabama. You just don't see it. And 1,682 defensive snaps in Brian Branch's entire career in Alabama. He missed four tackles. Four. The missed tackle rate was like 2.3%, which is based upon the tackles that he has. If if I'll do the math right now while I talk about it, because it's easy to hit on my phone. If you miss four tackles out of six, 1,682 tackle times, that's a times 100. It's a .2378 missed tackle. Like, Less than a less than a quarter of a percent of the time on snaps he's missing tackles. Not that the ball has been run on him every snap, but like that's ridiculous. That number is so wild to me. He missed four tackles in his whole career. He played a lot of snaps at LML. It's over almost 1,700 snaps. He missed one. Ta- he missed two tackles. One tackle as a freshman. No tackles as a sophomore. Three tackles as a junior. When he's played 768 snaps, that's, that's still under a three and a half percent missed tackle rate for him. It's beside me missed a tackle against texas and k-state likely against deuce who made a lot of people look silly and Bijan, who's i already said he's generational so take those two away from the equation i don't really care he's brian branch is so good he's a top 10 player in the he's such a good he's a top 10 football player in this class he's gonna be top 10 on my board no questions asked and probably not gonna be 10 he's probably gonna be like top eight um you know, waited at the combine like what? He was like 5'11", something like that, and like 198 pounds, 197 pounds, was it? I don't know if I updated this for the combine, but I have him at six foot 190. Um, That's what Bama had him at. I didn't look, I didn't update it for the combine either. I can quickly look since I've got RAS pulled up already. Um, But dude, he's just he's such a good football player. I mean, there's no weaknesses to his game. Listen, he's don't ask him to be a rangy safety. It's not that's not his game. He's an elite slot defender, slot corner who can ta- he tackles incredibly. He's the best. He's the best tackler in the class across the board. 
He's the best tackler. Um, I didn't put him in the corner group, but like he's going to be a corner at the next level. He was six foot, even 190. So six foot, 190 is a little undersized, but I don't really, that doesn't bother me. Um, a four, five, eight, 40 is frankly, that's fine to me. Um, 10, five broad, 10, five broads explosive. And a ten, and honestly, what I care about is, is the one, five, six split to me. That's really important. The fact that is a slot defender, it's the quick trigger. That's a great no, That's a great time for him. I don't need him to jump super high at a 30, 34 and a half verts. Fine. That's, that's plenty good for him. He's just such a, such a good football player that I just, I don't know. I, I feel like he keeps saying the same thing. You can't turn the tape on a goal. There's a weakness in his game. There's just, there just isn't. He shut down everybody he was up against. He tackled everybody he was up against. He takes on blocks. Well, for a guy who's sub 200 pounds, he takes on blocks. Well, he, when he gets around blocks, well, he takes on blocks. He tackles. Well, it's a guy's just a stud, man. He's a stud in a, in a class without a lot of those guys. He's a blue chipper in a class without a lot of them in a class. I think there's a big drop off from like prospects, eight, nine, and 10 to like 11, 12, 13, probably he's really good. So big fan of his game. I love what he brings to the table as a defender. Um, and he's, a, he's a starter. People that want to talk about don't draft the nickel corner in the top 15. Again, cry a river, build a bridge and get over it. He's so good. Nickel. You're a nickel. What? 80% of the time in the NFL, 80% of the time you're playing, you're playing three corners. And guess what? When you're not in nickel, play him at strong safety. He'll be just fine. I promise. He's really good in coverage, in man coverage, zone coverage, run defense, everything. He's such a good football player. Um, I just wanted to go to bat for him since he had a bad combine, a quote bad combine. He didn't put up freakish numbers that the corners did, but um, I love Brian Branch. He's awesome, dude. Oh yeah, he's a he's a beast. He's a you know one of a kind guy in this class. And you put him with the corners, this might be the best corner class we've seen in a very long time. You look at 2021 dude. with Sertan and Horn, but that class, Crazy. I mean. Outside of those two guys, that class doesn't stack up at all. And you could argue that this class has two guys ranked higher than those two guys. So hey, hey puts hey, put some respect on, on Asante Samuel Jr.'s name, bro. Come on. Put some respect on him. Put some respect on him. Yeah. He, no, he's not Zonta C B two. So Zonta C B two, I'll be honest. He's a C B two. He's he's a he's a good player, but he's not a C B one. I mean, he's what you thought you'd get in him, probably. Um Absolutely. Hundred percent. I I mean, if you put Branch with Witherspoon, Gonzalez, Porter, Cam Smith, um, it's wraps. Who am I missing? Clark Phillips. I mean, even Keeley. Throw Keeley right. in there. He's Banks. Like they're all great. I mean, yeah, I think Banks might be a first rounder. So to round out this episode, um, I could say my little part on Brian Branch here uh, from Fayetteville, Georgia, uh, not Arkansas. Um, I wonder how, you know, the Bulldogs let him get away um, to the rival state over from him. Um, six foot 190, like you said, uh, 21 and a half. So pretty young. Uh, he's a true three-year guy. He didn't start freshman year, um, obviously, in a secondary led by Pat Sertan. Um, he saw action in at least 11 games each season. And he is seven days older than Antonio Johnson, who I have at safety two. Um Combine stats, like you said, you covered it, 4.58. He had a 34.5 vert, 10.5 broad, 14 reps on the bench. Um, not great, not terrible. Um, 2022 stats, 90 tackles, 3 sacks, 2 picks, and 7 pass breakups. So overall, um, really good stats from him. Like I said, 
another defense, like I said, with battle. Um, tackles, not too many to go around. Um, but you're telling me, you know, he missed four tackles and however many snaps. Every 421 snaps, he missed a tackle. Um, so it's pretty dang good. Um, really good in zone, I noticed, more so. Um, I think a lot of the guys were on that Bama defense just because that's what they ran a little more. Um, he's pretty versatile. Uh, he's a slot most likely, like we said. Um, a really good size slot at six foot, 190. Um, stops the run well when he's in the box, and he's a solid tackler, like we said. Um, not a ton of reps in man coverage and not a ball hawk, quote unquote. Um, you know, I think his two picks were, you know, one was deflected and one was kind of thrown right to him. Um, he can get a little grabby, which at the NFL level, um, you can get away with it, but it looks like towards the end of the season, they were cracking down more so on it. We saw it obviously in the Super Bowl with uh, James Bradbury on Juju Smith-Schuster. That's not called all the time. It depends, you know, what the ref crew is. Um, you can definitely get away with it sometimes. I think he's, you know, back half of the first round guy. I'd be shocked to see him, you know, go past like 28 or so. I think the ceiling for him you might look at 14, 15 area. Um, can't remember the order off the top of my head, but probably around there is where the top of where he could go if teams do view him as a true corner. Um, and Witherspoon and Gonzalez are gone and they don't want to take Porter or whatever. Um, nonetheless, a really, really solid, safe prospect who played productive ball, uh, was efficient with his time at Bama, and played great competition. So I really like him a lot. He's going to be top 10 for me as well. Um, but yeah, I'll let you round it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll add on this on on kind of where I think a branch could go. Um, th- this is the highest I've seen him go, suggested at least. Um, but I'll give this nugget out. Um, I talk about a lot. My my favorite draft podcast um, to listen to is the NFL Stock Exchange. I love what Trevor Sikama does um, over at PFF and what he did at TDN, and really like what Connor does and now for NBC Sports and. Um, but I will say, so Trevor talked to Terry, I think Terry Fontana is his, his full name. I'm, I, I don't have, I'm not getting that wrong. It's been a long day, um, long so. weekend of a lot of NFL stuff, but Falcons GM. And he got this little nugget that they put like a little Georgia, like a peach emoji or like icon on, like on their board next to players born in the state of Georgia. They could use another corner, another DB, frankly, the secondary is terrible instead of AJ Terrell. They've been like they've been known to like Georgia players like overall in the draft. I ha- I looked at it the other day in preparation to talk about this and I totally forgot to remember it and write it down. But obviously Julio's in one. But they've drafted they've drafted a couple kids out of Georgia in the in the last you know first three rounds of the last few drafts. So I think it's worth noting that they could use the DB in a class that doesn't have a lot of top talent that they could t- they could take Branch at a decent value at eight. It wouldn't be a super big reach. I don't think it'd be a really solid player for them if they wanted to take a guy who they could feel be a little more versatile than just an outside corner. Um, or if, or if like corner one's gone, say he goes at six to Detroit. Like I could, like I know it's high, but branch at eight to care to the Falcons. Just like, don't be shocked if that, if that builds some steam and kind of gains some momentum it, to me, it makes a lot. Like I heard it and I was like, well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's obviously, I like players from Georgia. He's a really, really solid player and in a class that doesn't have a lot of those especially versatile ones, like it makes a lot of sense for Atlanta. This is the, one of the best players available to them. And then if that's what Branch is, don't be shocked to see him go there. I mean, he's a really, really good player, like I said. So um, 
you can turn the tape on. The tape's awesome, like I said. But um, I think the Patriots at 14 is another one that sticks out to me as well. Um, as as disciplined as a, of a player as he is, um, wouldn't shock me if Bill likes him a lot there as well. Um, those are the two places that I really like for him in the top 15. If I could kind of pass that, I think the Bucks make sense at, at 19. Um, yeah, I don't think he falls past top 25. Like I think if he's there for um, – I think like Jacksonville could take him. It would make a lot of sense for Jacksonville. Um, get better on the defensive end. It's just there's a lot of teams that he makes going to make sense for, honestly. I mean, he's he's such a good player. Um, what he can do is so valuable at the next level that I think that um, you know, someone's going to take him earlier than expected. But like I said, that kind of wraps up the safety episode. Um, again, not not a class that we're super high on. Um, not a class that we watched a lot of, but again, a class that we'll maybe get get a little more into, um, kind of as we go here. But that wraps up the episode today. Um. Like I said, next week or I guess later this week, late this week, we're going to have quarterbacks and off interior offensive linemen. Obviously, a big weekend for the quarterbacks. Um, going to be a pretty polarizing topic. I think you and I see pretty eye to eye on these guys. I'll say that um, for the most part. And then, um, you know, Iowa is going to be interesting as well. But um, we'll have a cold seat episode for you guys in the next couple of days. And um, I'll let you in the last couple couple comments and we'll get out of here. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, first of two episodes where we're covering two positions in one. Uh, today we had the last bit of the defense uh, for the whole offseason. You know, we're, like you said, we're going to round it out with the offense, um, the O-line, and quarterbacks. At the end of the week uh, before that, we're going to have episode 41 tomorrow uh, coming at y'all on a normal Tuesday episode. I'm going to discuss NHL standings update, golf recap, and preview, um, you know, NFL combine recap, the franchise tags that were used, the cold seat mini series of the NFL quarterback carousel. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and all options for him. So plenty to look forward to. Um, I think we all like doing this. Uh, obviously two episodes a week is a lot of work um, putting together scripts for, you know, obviously the normal episode and then doing our stuff for the 2023 NFL draft positional rankings. Um, so we do have, are we're going to have a final positional rankings at the end of the week. Like, like you said, we're going to have the normal episode next Tuesday. And then we are going to start the following Monday with our first mock draft Monday. That is March the 20th, first of six mock draft Mondays. And it should be exciting. A lot could happen from now and then. And I think it will um, being that that's a week in a free agency team needs are going to change drastically. Um, you know, with cap room teams having stuff like that. So stay tuned for that. Um, that'll be a lot of fun to get going. And then our normal episodes that come, have been coming out every Tuesday are going to now come out every Friday. So a little bit change of schedule there. Um, but you know, still getting to a week, roughly the same time frame. just mocks on Mondays, normal episodes on Fridays. Um, so stay tuned wherever you listen, you know, Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify and follow us on social media at cold seat podcast on Twitter and Instagram to find out, you know, latest news on the most important topics. Um, you know, when the newest episodes drop and we will see y'all tomorrow. See you guys then.